You're listening to Meet the RIA. In this special podcast edition of the show, you'll get expert insights from some of the top registered investment advisors in the country. Here's your host, Jenna Dagenhart, and today's special guest, Eric Kittner, Managing Partner and Chairman of the Board at Mineta. This podcast was recorded in July 2020. Eric, tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, well, uh, first of all, thanks, Jennifer, for having me on the show today. Really appreciate the opportunity to share Mineta's story. Uh, you know, so at Mineta, we've been we've been around for quite a while now. We have been an RIA for the last 30 years and uh, actually have history dating back to uh, over 150 years ago. So uh, we've been around for, for quite a while. And, uh, you know, the, the, the way I would describe uh, our role and our services for our clients is really as a CFO. And, and we call ourselves family CFOs. And, and what we really say is just like a successful business has a chief financial officer that helps them manage their financial affairs, that's really what we do for successful families. We found ourselves you know, expanding beyond individuals into the family office space, into institutional, into retirement plans. Um, but but at the, the root of who we are is really starting with that family CFO. What is your strategy for helping people achieve their goals as their CFO, as you say? Yeah. So, you know, we really are, and I know this term gets used quite a bit, but comprehensive wealth managers. So uh, we really want to sit down with clients and understand what's most important to them and what they want to accomplish from a financial perspective. Uh, everything we do thereafter is, is helped at or is aimed at accomplishing the goals and objectives that our clients have. So when we look at the way that we work with clients, we really sit down, understand what it is they want to, what they want to accomplish, and then from there develop what we call a financial action plan. And in that financial action plan, we're going to really look at all aspects of our clients' financial lives, from retirement and cash flow planning to investment to estate planning to tax planning, uh, risk management, and, and anything and everything in between. Uh, and we really believe as a CFO, our role is to be the quarterback of our client's financial situation, make sure that all the parts and pieces are moving in the right direction. Um, and then frankly, we know that life happens, right? People retire, people move, people have kids, people um, you know, have unfortunate things happen in their life. And so what we need to do as the CFO is continue to tweak and adjust the plan to make sure that it's still in uh, working the way that it should be based on the goals and objectives that our clients have. What's been the biggest lesson that you've learned over the years helping people develop their financial goals and follow through with them? Yeah, so so I've been in the business now for 17 years. I started out of the accounting world. I spent four years in public accounting. And, and you know, I think one of the biggest things that I've seen or learned and in, in not what I would have expected when I went into the business was the amount of emotion that comes with the decisions that that clients make. So, you know, I think our role is really to take the emotion out of decisions, but I would tell you one of the biggest challenges in 99% of what we do is about managing the emotions of our clients. Uh, If you think about decisions that are made from a financial perspective, a lot of decisions that are made don't necessarily feel like the right thing to do. Right. For example, when the markets are going down, most people want to uh, naturally say, shouldn't we sell, wait till we hit a bottom and, and get back in, which you know, time and time again has proven to be uh, nearly impossible to do and the wrong decision. So a lot of decisions that feel right from a financial perspective are, are actually detrimental to long-term success. So one of the lessons I've learned is really uh, 
about understanding the emotion that comes into the conversation, how to manage that emotion with clients, and really, frankly, having a deep, deep understanding of our clients, where they come from, their background, their family history, their prior experience, because all that comes into play um, when making a decision and helping them you know, stay the course and, and avoid making bad decisions. How do you manage those emotions and how do you go about having those difficult conversations to ensure that people are making the smartest decisions, even if they might seem a little counterintuitive, as you say? Yeah. So, you know, I think the the reality is we go back to the plan, right? So we always have this source document, this starting point says, listen, what you told us you wanted to accomplish were these three, four or five things. We fundamentally believe that these decisions that we're recommending are the right decisions, like rebalancing a portfolio, drafting the state documents, converting money to Roth IRAs when the opportunity provides itself, all the, all the things we do. Um, we go back to that and say, okay, we believe that these are fundamentally the right things to do to help you accomplish what you want to accomplish. Frankly, I, I say this to clients uh, quite often, and, and I don't mean it in a condescending way, but when I say it's not my money, it's always easier when it's not my money, when there's not that emotional tie or connection, uh, and that allows us to provide opinions and thoughts um, where, with, while eliminating that emotion. And I think that's a big role in what we play, and we tell clients that, right? We, we address it up front and say, we believe you're making this decision based on emotion and not for the right long-term decisions. So I think you have to be just very candid, open and honest with our with your clients, with our clients, and, and that's how we address it. Yeah, sometimes it does take a third party to help people realize that they're being emotional with their money. The ability for us and part of our role is to tell clients uh, sometimes when they're making a bad decision, right? They don't hire us as their advisor just to say, whatever you want to do, go do it. Our role is sometimes to have that challenging conversation and challenge our clients and say, okay, we understand and we know where, we're com- where you're coming from and we understand how our advice may feel uncomfortable, but we fundamentally believe it's the right decision. Eric, what's your greatest piece of advice to others hoping to earn a spot in the top five someday? You know, I would tell you that uh, Mineta is a, is a bit of a unique firm in the way that we're structured. We're really uh, excited about the independence that we have. We're a partner-owned firm. I think one of the things I would say is uh, I give a lot of credit to our founding partners. Um, they've built something that's that was, uh, frankly, the second generation has been able to uh, be part of that's that's pretty incredible in, from my perspective. Uh, what I would tell you what we've done over the, the last, you know, 30 years as an RIA is to invest heavily in the business. You know, when we look at the world going forward in the RIA world uh, going forward, it is clear that there are some big uh, national players evolving in the space that have incredible talent and resources to provide uh, advice to clients. And, and I think what you've seen Mineta do and why we are where we are is we've invested heavily in the infrastructure that we provide the, the client-facing individuals um, so that we can provide the best advice possible to clients. And we've invested heavily in that, in that platform and that infrastructure. Uh, we've also ha- ha- invested heavily in our people. Uh, you know, I always say that this is a pretty simple business to understand. If you have great people, you're going to have great clients. It's, it's what we do and how we do it is complex. Um, it's not easy. It's not easy to manage emotions and provide solutions, but the business model itself is pretty straightforward. And so we've invested heavily in our people in terms of recruiting, 
training and development opportunities, we've built out a university that we call Mineta University, allowing individuals to kind of chart their career path and match it with internal and external training so that we're providing opportunities to everybody inside, you know, the four walls of, of Mineta's firm. What would you say has changed in the industry since you first started? Uh, you know, I would tell you that, you know, the the evolution of, you know, the RIA, so to speak, when I got into the business 17 years ago, and, and the assets still primarily reside with the larger, you know, wirehouses, so to speak. Uh, but what I've seen over the last 17 years is this focus on being independent and leaving that wirehouse and creating that, that RIA structure and model. Um, you know, I, I I grew up in the accounting world, so so maybe why I, this is why I use the the you know the the comparison. But the at the end of the day, when I entered the accounting world, there were five uh, five accounting big five accounting firms. I was with Arthur Anderson, which is obviously no longer around, uh, and we're down to the big four. But they were big national firms. I think what you're seeing is the evolution of RIAs, uh, people wanting to be in that independent client first fiduciary role outside of a wirehouse, um, going on an independent firm, and now they're, they're continuing to grow and you're seeing massive consolidation amongst those as well, right? So the biggest trend that I've seen is the RIA model. And if you talk to the, our custodial partners like Schwab and Fidelity, um, who are big supporters and, and business partners of ours as custodians, you know, they would say that they see that RIA model continuing to win in the future. And so I would say that's the biggest uh, thing that I've seen in my 17 years. Yeah, we certainly have seen a huge shift with more advisors going independent. Do you think that'll continue? And what other trends do you think that we'll see in the years to come in the RIA space? You know, I do I do think it will continue. I think the appeal, the model is a great model. I'm clearly biased, uh, but, you know, we love the model. So I think that trend will continue. I think the trend of consolidation will continue. You know, we talk about partners at, at, and advisors at Mineta. We got into the business because we wanted to provide advice to clients. We want to sit and help clients achieve the goals and objectives they have. We didn't necessarily get into the business because we wanted to deal with compliance or recruiting or developing our training programs or, um, you know, being the CIO, the CFO, all those roles. What happens and what we see is as, as people form RIAs and, and there's that independent RIA model, as they have success, they find themselves either needing to build infrastructure or partner with other firms um, who've already built that infrastructure. So I think the model will continue that we'll see more and more independence, more and more people move to RIAs, but I also think we'll continue to see consolidation as advisors really want to focus their time and energy on serving their clients. So I think that's a trend that's going to continue. I think that we'll continue to see, um, you know, the technology innovation, you know, the fintech and how we serve clients. Um, I think uh, COVID, frankly, has probably expedited some of the uh, enhancements in the way that we do business with clients. Um, it's probably expedited the way that we think about our business and how we're going to serve clients. Um, you know, that we have clients all over the country. And so we think about our service model a bit differently. Um, and again, I think you'll see this continuing widening of services that RIAs provide. When I think about what we did 17 years ago and how we've evolved, um, we have all kinds of different things that we do for clients today that we didn't necessarily do 17 years ago. And many of them came from the advice of our clients and the request of our clients. 
And I think that will continue. More and more will be expected uh, of the advisor over time from clients. And when asked what those things are, I always tell people I'm not smart enough to know, but I know Mineta will invest in them and continue to invest in them. So whatever it may be, um, you know, we'll ensure that we have a, a model in place that our partners are investing in the services that our clients need and deserve. Well, Eric, really great to have you. And uh, congratulations again to Mineta on being named one of the top five RIAs in the country. Thank you, Jenna. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to Meet the RIA. Be sure to visit AssetTV.com, your source for financial news and information. And check out our other episodes of Meet the RIA. This is Asset TV.